Hello, listeners. Welcome to A Writer's World. This is Sean Griffin, a poet and writer, hopes to share some part of that world with you here on KWNK. It's a big subject, and we'll see where it leads. Over the past month, I've been reading from many books, and some harder than others. I like to think of myself as a sponge, not knowing when or how these new ideas will come rushing in. And then, without knowing, I find myself wondering how such a gift could be made for our reading, or, conversely, how such a reckoning was written to understand our shortcomings. Sally Denton's The Colony is a book that peels from the layers of credulity to finally hold up a mirror. This is what happens when greed and avarice and men make small lives even smaller. By now, almost everyone has read of the heinous killing of three women and their children on a dirt road in northern Mexico. They were Mormons, long established in the region. They were without weapons and ostensibly attacked by the cartels. At first, it seemed as if, as if this was random violence, a story of retribution gone horribly wrong. I, too, was one of those who read the articles and wondered how such a thing could happen. Cartel violence, while obviously present in the life of the border, seemed distant from the echoes of religious outposts in Sonora. And clearly these women and children were not running drugs. So what made this possible? What made these people the crucible of such vehemence? Denton is careful not to lead the reader. She repeatedly goes to the sources and creates, over the next 200 plus pages, a complex and difficult story, a very gray one. We are left to assume that guilt and revenge were like spectators in the dust on that dirt road, because the women, while perhaps not culpable, were part of something much larger, much more sinister. A literal family of colonizers, polygamists who took from the land its water, its soil, and subjugated its residents to what was left. If this sounds familiar, it's the story of the West being ravaged by those in charge of land-making, empires of gold and railroads, the seething underbelly of misplaced pride and judgment. But what troubles more is the center of this particular foray into the West. It was in the name of religion or something like it. Perhaps an enlightened man or men would be closer to the actual unfolding of this 150-year-old drama. For a zealot to be enshrined, he must have followers, and soon this near-patriotic fervor took hold. Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and dozens more proclaimed to have the insight to lead their people into the Promised Land. And when polygamy became involved, they went south to Mexico. Things might have stayed tolerable, but their greed, their insistence on using the water to grow almonds and other crops, left the land nearly desolate for the people who were its first tenders. People who, in fact, later had to work for the Mormons to stay alive because their livelihoods had funneled to little more than subsistence. This would be enough to chart the misery that followed those women and children on that November day in 2019, but it was only some of what transpired. Soon, other small minds wove their way into the nexus of power and influence. Before long, the sex cult founder of Nexium, Kenneth Ranier, was advising the Mormons on ways to profit from his brand of enlightenment. Of course, this led to the interest of still more susceptible souls. The Smirnoff sisters, who donated over $100 million in 15 years to his practice, 
the sons and daughters of many of Mexico's elite, including presidents, and so on. It started to read like the unfolding of a history of regret, and there was little to countenance its effects. They seemed to lie below any real government or legal oversight. If they ignored the leaders of the state, of the pre, it was because those same leaders were also involved in the ever-widening circle of graft and corruption. And when the cartels began to war after El Chapo went away, northern Mexico wasn't so peaceful anymore. Soon the quid pro quo of doing business was not enough. The new cartels were battling for control of those same dirt roads to keep America supplied with fentanyl. How the tendrils of colonization came back to haunt them. I am no stranger to the Mormon faith, and for many it is a faith. I am also no stranger to its long-held beliefs of isolation and contempt for differences of, or those outside its path. There are many fine writers in the West who believe, and they make all of us better for their words, Terry Tempest Williams, Phyllis Barber, Lance Larson, and more. It would be foolish of me to dismiss this history, but this is not the history of the colony. I wish for greater outcry from its adherents. None of this, quote, experiment should have been tolerated. But the real losers here are the women who once again have been violated in the name of God knows what. I kept thinking as I read this book that women have served as witness to so much of our tribulation. They have kept us from literally devolving, and yet they were browbeaten by men who wanted unlimited access to pleasure. This is the most unsettling part of this story. Polygamy doesn't really satisfy. The women wind up plagiarizing love to be the most sought after. They scheme and plot to stay in the good graces of the man who marries like it were a hobby. And it permeates into the culture. The children learn that this is accepted, a social norm for being in the web of family. Those who leave, and there are also many who have written about this, tell of other stories. The near whiteout of disinformation and disbelief in the name of carnal craving. What becomes a halo for those involved? The greater, the greater the fascination, the stronger the bond. And so it repeats like a cancer until there is a very unholy event that breaks the chain. This is my version, not theirs, not the fine truth of Denton's journalism. This is mine, made of years of teaching and writing and living in these outposts of the American West. We all want to be free of our past, except when we don't. This double-edged sword of grief and affiliation is the real reason this narrative continues. To leave anything of such insurmountable influence is to leave one's life. After the ambush, the families scattered, many back to this country, for again, quote, protection by the law, the same law they distanced themselves from in Mexico. I know those communities, they too are ravaged. Think Williston, the former fracking boomtown, now hanging on. Of course you can disappear into the wilds of this country and carry on. Hundreds of thousands seeking refuge do it every day. But they are not running from an illness of man. They are running to find sanctuary. If only it were sanctuary these former polygamists were seeking now. Sally Denton has spent a lifetime in journalism, in bookmaking, in telling stories that do not want to be told. So this territory is not new to her, and yet last year, 
When we were speaking at the Las Vegas Book Festival, she was unmercifully hounded by the true believers, women who were determined to let the gathering know what a falsehood the colony was. Sadly, I could not attend her presentation as I was giving one at the same time. She told me later it was a real shit show. My translation, something gave in the common good. When a mind goes so far to believe its unwanted stories, there is little that can betray that desire. And so good people clamor for justice in the name of those beliefs, even the ones who are most hurt by them, the women and children who were riding down that road four years ago. My own experience both confirms and negates this unwelcome story. In high school, my Spanish teacher, Mr. Bean, yes, really, took it upon himself to ridicule the one black student in our class. And later, as an adult, the one woman who worked with me to document my poetry and film was superlative, an artist by any definition. She named her firstborn after our family, and we honor her as part of ours. So it is contradiction when again, once again that befuddles this aftermath of grief. It should be no different in any quarter. That is why we live to find out what we do not know. And yet somewhere... A woman is hiding, maybe with her child, trying to find an exit. I want to close with a paragraph from one of the many people with whom Miss Denton spoke, and I'm thrilled that she will read it. Why were there so many shooters? One DEA informant with specific knowledge of the forces at work said to me, because it was intensely personal. It's very complicated and dark with both historic and current elements. The Mormons damned their water, stole their land, and that's just part of it. It's a blood feud and a money feud. Someone had real intel from inside the Mormon community on the women's movements. It was not an accident that none of their husbands accompanied them. Sally Denton has driven a daunting wedge into the makeup of something called religion or sophistry or proselytizing, and we are ill-prepared for its antecedents. Like other stories of colonization, the widening circle of retelling goes on. This is not a black and white version of truth. This is families living without a compass in a gray land of their undoing. Think Margaret Atwood in the Southwest. All of us who remain here need this reminder. This conclude, concludes the program on Sally Denton's The Colony. Please join us in the Collective Ethersphere on the first and third Sundays at 5 p.m. for our next meditation on words or stream it at kwnkradio.org. And please support your local independent bookstore. In Reno, that's Sundance Books and Music, and in Las Vegas, that's the Writer's Block. They're open, and we need them. Thank you, be safe, and spread a little kindness wherever you are. Finally, a big shout-out to Dave Winkler, who covered for me during my birthday absence.